Welcome to the CKTH podcast. My name is John Vincent Campbell, and this installment is with longtime friend of the program, Mr. David Haynes. In this pod, we discuss David's new show opening called Still Alive, which is exhibited at Mott Projects in Catskill, New York, and the opening night is Friday, October 7. Special shout out, many thanks, and big appreciation to both David and Mott Projects, because Essentially, since David and I first connected last year regarding his duo show with Richie Culver titled Fate and Fortune, shown by the White Nose Gallery in Rome, we have both enjoyed a transformative discussion about self-leadership and navigating the illusions and realities of art, the human experience, and building new things. I'm a more evolved person because of this conversation and I look forward to seeing the special energy that is David's work once again in person. Cheers and enjoy. David, how you doing? Good, man. How are you? Doing very well. Doing very well. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Yes. Is it Tuesday? Yes, it is. That's what they say. So you're preparing for a show Uh, in Canada at the moment. I'm preparing for a show in Canada, kind of close to Georgian Bay. Um, I am at uh, the estate of a collector of mine who's who I kind of connected with last year and then we had kind of um discussed um you know ways of connecting more and uh he's been wanting to set up a foundation so in the winter he invited me up here to work on the show i did in rome and to start painting basically and and he really gave me the opportunity to um dive into painting and uh, which i had been really like pushing off but yeah it was good and to do really abstract works very, and, and get into color, really, like color exploded into my work. And now I'm back up here um, and working on paintings for uh, the show I'm doing at Mott Projects um, in early October, October 7th, which and then the Mott Projects is a project space and kind of curatorial project of the artist Eric Sommer, who's a Brooklyn based painter and artist and um and he opened a space kind of in his barn kind of in Catskill, New York. So it's, it's about 40 minutes North of the city and there's a lot of like artists and people living around. It's very close to Hudson, New York. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of big artist community and collector community and all that kind of stuff. People are like sick of New York. They go up there, I guess. So, um, yeah, doing that show beginning of October and I've just been really like diving into uh, the work for that show kind of like I did for the beginning of the year, but this has been kind of building up this work. Um, it's been building up from a number of studies and um, that I've been working on over the course of, uh, you know, a number of years actually, but that has been getting more and more prominent in my daily practice and has really started to kind of define or at least started to become a big part of my daily experience and conversation. 
Right. No, I mean, since we started talking about this particular show, you have definitely been, I would say, fully engaged in a process or um, just like a, a journey of some various checkpoints. Physically, you've gone from Berlin to Toronto. Now you're in Muskoka and you're eventually going to make your way to the Catskills, like you said. But um, you also mentioned that this show itself is sort of you turning away from stuff that's from an art making standpoint, maybe more critical, conceptual, minimal art making and moving more towards a practice that's grounded in method, technique and study. Yeah, I would say so. I think I think that the show. Um, the show is one that I'm really excited about and also like nervous about um, probably the most nervous about a show I've ever been um because it's for me it's like a real like it's a marker it's a signal for me of like that yeah i i have this history as a more conceptual minimal i'd say critical thinking artist and um and this show like you know a lot of shows and a lot of art it's always kind of grounded in ideas and concepts and maybe that's unavoidable. It's like maybe part of what I'm doing in my work now is to see is like, can you make art without those things? And um, can it be more grounded in maybe a way of living or um, like a philosophical approach to existing? And, um, <clears throat> and uh, so from, so the show I've been kind of, what I've been kind of saying is like, it, there is no, I don't know, concept for the show. It's not like, there's if there's some um, um, big idea that it's grounded in other than you know my message being like that uh, I'm alive and uh, living demands creativity and um, making art and painting has been a big part of my experience of survival and living and and um, and, and that, that journey just continues and it just kind of gets wider and more deeper as I um, explore that side of what it means to be alive. And, and for me, art has always been this tool for engaging in the world around me uh, because I, I, admittedly, I've always been maybe, uh, I, I've, I've, it, I've been slow in understanding myself and life and, and the world that I exist in and art has, was from a very young age, this kind of lens or, um, way of interacting almost like another sense, like touching or seeing almost like combining all those together. And it, it, it's been part of my experience using my senses, the phenomena of my senses and the phenomena of this external world or what I perceive it as external world and how that processes through me. And, um, and I think for most of my practice, that's always been abstracted or grounded, like I said, in ideas or concepts or grounded in maybe, um, especially I think informed by technology and what that means and wanting to be a part of that conversation of, 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 um, of the influence of technology, I guess, on art and life. And, but I think for me, this work now, like maybe that those, 
those parts of my work are always going to be there on some level. Like I think it's unavoidable in the, the age of information that we live in. But um, maybe for me, it's just a given. It's like, okay, that's just normal, but what else, you know? And uh, so this work for me is like that desire for um, something else. You've called this effort, or I should say desire or focus, um, as a self-confessional. Right. Yeah. Um, well, perhaps that's also part of my story is like, I mean, I don't know what being a self-taught painter necessarily means. I mean, I have an arts education. I'm pursuing an arts education. Um, but no, I never did like a formal training in painting or anything like that. Um, I've taken on a mentor named Mark Emblem, who uh, I know from Berlin, and he studied uh, with Michael Craig Martin and the YBAs and all that stuff. And he's a very like grounded in the philosophy of what painting means. And so for him, he never like was like, all right, this is how you use a brush or this is how you mix colors or blah, blah. He, he was really trying to encourage like a self leadership in it. And um, so that, that evolved in kind of, I would, I don't know, some sort of self-taught painting. Now, of course, with the age of technology, you can look online like, oh, how do I paint like this painter, blah, 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 or that painter. Um, and then also my mother's a painter. And, and so I, I've done a lot of sitting and a lot of drawing with my mom. Um, so that's really like been influential on me. Um, and in may, maybe in some ways that experience that um, self taught teaching or self journey and um, the inclusion of personal intimate people in my life has you know, brought me to this point in painting or in my work that, um, yeah, is, is, is very exposing for me. It it leaves me in a vulnerable position in terms of like, this is where I'm at in painting. Like, um, and, um, and, and that's it. Like, there's no, um, there's no magic here or something like, if that makes sense. Um, well, I don't know. I would maybe push back on you, man, but yeah. But at the same, but at the same time, you know, like you, you and I were discussing earlier, like, you know, you, you've, you've talked about having contemplated Hegel's, you know, born of the spirit or rather the being born of the spirit and yet being born again, because right. you're being propelled to this um, precipice of being self-revealing and right. following up an effort that, you know, I went and kind of saw and really experienced um, the real McCoy in, in, in Rome with that white noise. And, and, and at the same time, this is a, this is a bit of a departure from that. Mm. And, and you've described it again is also just like a moment where you're sort of in parallel thinking about the, the great poets answering a certain kind of call. Mm. And, you know, I think that it's, there's a lot of magic in that for sure. Yeah, I guess, um, 
I guess when we think about magic, we're always thinking about, or one, one would think about illusion or uh, sleights of hand. And I suppose maybe true magic has more to do with um, I hate to use the word like alchemy. Like I think that that word has been kind of obscured by Jungian thinking where we're kind of associating alchemy with this process of consciousness. I actually believe that the alchemists were trying to transmute metals, but um, I think that there is something in there that is of magic of like, transformation and change and um and then existing as things are living naturally and trying to work towards that that level of maybe self-acceptance or authenticity and through that something emerges or um you know one's genius can be heard more clearly in the mind of the the artist or the act the actant on that idea on that on that message being kind of carried through i know it's a bit abstract but it is is a lot it's a lot grounded in like um uh i think in like hegel i think that that kind of line of like born of the spirit and born again to me it says a lot about phenomenology and and things having a spirit and through through the experience of experience through the experience of being one in the world and engaging with that new life emerges again and so i don't know i see observational art and um what i'm trying to do with my work as being engaging with my understanding or my place in that understanding of born in spirit and born again and which I think, you know, really relates back to antiquity. Yes, I think. Well, sure. And, and I mean, you know, you being a, a very steady, you know, practitioner of Zen, you know, I think that in, in terms of talking about an evolution of the persona an evolution of the voice that's within, and when that evolution or movement takes place and you've propelled yourself forward, um, I think that there is also this kind of loyalty to the honesty that you have in that, in that new moment, which is where you're at now. Yeah. And I, and I think the moment I'm in now, it, I could kind of relate it back to maybe my message, my message being like, you know, the message is a way of living and that is like just being a human living in the world. And so this is like sharing my enjoyment of living with others. And, and maybe in a way that kind of relates to that idea of like, working like a poet or a musician, like trying to answer this call within oneself to create something that, that is, is from within, but then like, again, born of the spirit and born again, it's, it's about being alive. Um, so there's, there's a circular process and in Zen, there's this idea of like non-being and uh, non-dualism and um and and there's a great quote from the shobogenzu about um you know i can't i can't remember the exact sutra but it's it's something like the light that shines between 
the, the white hairs of the eyelash illuminate 3000 worlds. And, um, and I guess you can kind of think about that as like the same light that is shining through all things, even the smallest, most minuscule thing is the same light that all everyone here, everyone you've ever known and will ever meet is, is illuminated their life. And so in that way, it's like 3000 worlds or it could be 7 billion worlds. Like each consciousness itself is an, is an, is a universe. And all of us, although have our, we are universes in ourselves, we're also sharing the experience of universe. And so illumination is shining that light between two worlds, both lived and shared. And it's kind of something like that. <laughs> no, I understand. I, 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 it's, 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 we've talked a lot about as well, like in this spirit of acceptance and you sharing space quite literally at the moment, you know, in, in this sort of, you know, uh, place that you're in focusing on the show, sharing space with these new works and having a relationship with these new works as if they were people. Mm. Right. And understanding the, the fact that there are complexities that we know about um, and also don't know about, you know, the devil, you know, and devil you don't know in, in others. And that kind of acceptance in terms of being amongst that and just sort of seeing that staring it in the eyes, so to speak, the same way that you would be staring at one of your works as it's sort of taking shape. Right. And yeah. And I guess what I think about with that idea of like, I think when you're painting, you don't, I don't believe one really understands that until they start to paint is that, um, you're forming this relationship and the painting is always talking to you and telling you things and, um, and, and becoming, um, and, um, and at some point you, the, the person, the, the, the David that, that is there, uh, painting steps aside almost. It's like, I'm no longer the main character in my life. What's, what's the, the main, the main characters in the story here are, um, is the painting, the, 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 the becoming and the, the, the thing in which becoming goes through. <laughs> and, uh, so there's, there's a kind of searching happening for like love, grace, transcendence, and, and I think that's all tied in with compassion. And so if a paint, when the painting gets to a point where it says, you know, no, stop working on me, stop it. And, and, and even if there's things in it that are, there's, there's a tension that creates in me. And it's like, Oh, it could be, it could be this, it could be that. It's, and that for me is an exciting part of art. Um, the tension that creates where, like you see, the, I think the most, 
kind of hard-edged example is like you know people going to a museum they're like oh that's that's garbage oh i like that that's garbage that's and it's like that's the razor's edge being created and i think like good art creates a razor's edge and the tension that is created there i'm not saying necessarily that i'm i'm making good art but that's something that speaks to me and, and i suppose is part of the searching i'm doing because for me, compassion is not just about like being a nice person. It's, it's about seeing that not everything is about me mm-hmm. and that there's other experiences and that relationship I'm creating with the painting has created a new experience. And what is it saying to me? And can I accept it as it is? And that's the challenge. I think, um, you know, a lot of artists talk about like, when do you know a painting is finished? And um, I think every artist has a different approach to that. Um, and for me, it's this, it's this conversation that forms. And the title of the show itself. Right, still alive, yeah. So it's very emblematic of this spirit where right, yeah. like, your life force coming through these works living not necessarily at odds with these works, but at the same time, you know, um, and, but you know, not maybe necessarily peacefully coexisting either. You're there's a wrangling effort happening, certainly on, on, on your side, I would imagine. And, and yet, like you said, having that level of compassion for yourself, Mm. And, and where you're at and then knowing that moment where you're like, okay, time to move on to the next work within this show. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, that when I say like, this is where I'm at with painting, it's also like saying like, this is at where I'm at with this process of self-acceptance because I'm not altruistic. I'm just another person in the world. I'm full of flaws like everybody else. And, um, and I'm not, and I still struggle with this, with this, with this judgment of like, of shoulds and woulds and coulds about where I am now in the world versus the anxiety I have about the future. And some of the, the sadness I feel about my past and um and so that that attempt to try to be in the present is an everyday engagement it's it's not just something that can be fixed and it's it's settled it's um it's something that needs to be practiced and and i think like painting is a practice um spiritual it's a spiritual practice and on that note you've done a lot of the study for this show in the outdoors in nature taking in the landscapes um of a whole number of different nations and geographies and you know throughout the um period of preparation that you put in you've often mentioned just the energy or the aura um, of these 
sketches or in the moment drawings that you're doing, you know, of the world as it was when you were experiencing it. And, and these, these works now are reflecting that to a huge extent, I would imagine. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's always going to be limitations set too. I mean, the, the, and one of the reasons why I think that I use um, landscape or observational or still life or things like this is because these are um, methods of creating that or engaging with the world and making art that, that are, that are, they have a tradition to them. So I don't need to explain that it's already understood. And that has given me a lot of freedom to, to not have to explain what, what exactly that is about. And like, it's understood in that level. So that I kind of see that as like, just like the, the Zen master uses the ink and does the circle. It's like, for me, it's like, I don't have to think about why the, the still life is important. I know that already. It's, it's just a form. It's a tradition. And so I kind of like take that with me and make it a part of my living experience and, and some of the things that excite me and, and, and build a new, um, um, uh, conversations within me and the world around me. And so like when I go on hikes or I'm trying to do that more, even things that, that encourage me to keep living to, to that encourage me to get up every day. Um, and so I've kind of like done that with watercolors and, um, which is, which I really love and then try to translate that into oils, um, or, you know, eventually do more like oil plein air in this traditional sense. Uh, but then I have all these old, um, um, chalk pastels my mother gave me. And then I, I've just been like taking those with me cause it's even easier. I just have to bring a stack of paper and, and I have a limited color set and, and then I just fill, I just fill in the gaps. If something is not the exact thing, it's okay. I don't have to make it perfect. And I think another nature is very forgiving in a way. Like if I don't sketch a tree exactly as it is, it's not going to come over and um, feel bad about it when it sees that or, you know, does it see it as I do? Of course not. It's, it's another thing or existing thing, uh, existing consciousness or part of consciousness. Um, but you know, with people with portrait and things like that, maybe that's something I'm leading to. I've been doing more, uh, things like that on the side. So when I, when I, when I'm engaging with um, subjects that are um, non-human, um, that that are nature, there's I don't have to explain a lot uh, of why. And it, it, like I, I was kind of saying, it's grounded in this tradition. So there's a there's a form to it that that doesn't that can just help that allows an artist to focus maybe more on craft or more on, like I said, method, technique, study. So it becomes studying, it becomes practice. Um, and I think portraiture is also the same. 
Um, and as I was kind of saying, like there, I've been kind of playing more with portraiture and of people or of animals too. And then, um, uh, also using a lot of, um, classical, uh, studies of it when I was in Rome, for instance, or in Greece, um, taking lots of pictures and doing a lot in 2020, I was doing a lot of little sketches of, uh, sculptures and images I was seeing of, uh, things from the past and they were getting abstracted or they're being more, um, uh, rendered. Um, so it was studying also, and I'm kind of going to be exploring that more. Um, but where I'm at now is, is, is more like this kind of abstracted nature experience. And I guess using the process that I'm doing where it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing kind of a two stage of taking it to oil, um, where maybe I'm doing a watercolor or a sketch or a pastel or something like that. And then bringing it over oil, there's going to be this natural, uh, abstraction that takes place and then filling in the gaps and the painting starts to talk to me and says different things. And, and then I'm, I'm, I'm trying to maybe meet that conversation or not, or accept it or, or not and things like that. And, and that's been kind of maybe emblematic of my journey as an artist of like, um, that I've always been, and maybe this is something that frustrates some people that, uh, which I try not to think about as much as I used to, but that maybe is confusing is like, I, I do, I have changed my work a lot and, and it's been a part of my journey as an artist and a person to grow and to transform. And, and my work is reflecting that. And, um, and, uh, and so just like going from one medium to another, I'm also going from, uh, one practice to another. And, um, and that's been a part of my story as an, as a person and as an artist is like, and because art has always been there for me and it's been a part of my, um, my way of living and, and being one of the things that helps me to live, um, that, that means that the work has to grow. It has to evolve. And, and become more a part of me, become more about, and becoming more a part of me means becoming more about being alive. And so that's why this work has a lot of life in it, or it's, it's coming from living. And so this idea of like still alive is of course like a play on words, but then also <clears throat> this um, acknowledgement of my existence and, of, of my self-consciousness and, um, and maybe that has more meaning to it than, um, I understand. Um, and so to be still alive, um, says a lot of things. It says a lot of things about, um, my experience maybe as a living being and, um, says a lot about the times that we live in that, that, um, being alive is confusing and, um, and full of, uh, winding corners and many corridors and mirrored halls. And, and it's, uh, and perhaps nature I find 
spiritual and, and sanctuary for that. And, um, because it's not, it's not so wound up in this, um, obsessive self-conscious, uh, or self self-obsession that I think is emblematic of the age that we live in, um, which, you know, could be reflected a lot in former times, you know, former, um, catastrophes of civilization. And, uh, but I think the difference between now and then is now there's so many people in the world, there's so much access to information and different ways of living, uh, from from the past and from present and that, that I have a lot more hope. Um, and so still alive for me is a show about hope. And it's, I, I don't know, a show about being alive and a show about that living matters and that um, being alive is important and that life is precious. There's so much reading a lot of the words that you've shared and the conversations that we've had uh, leading up to this point, you know, there's, it takes a lot of courage to move away from something that is the familiar. And, you know, like, I don't know how many people I've known throughout my life who have proudly told me that they're creatures of comfort. You know, and and I'm not saying that being a creature of comfort is something that we should be trying to knock. You know, we can't knock folks that want to be comfortable. And yet at the same time, um, I, I think that in the continual effort to create and to, and to, like you said, the desire to be a part of the world is... And how that manifests itself for somebody who's creating something that the world, the exterior world beyond you is going to be experiencing. They're going to be experiencing you, but in a way where you are marching actually towards some of the subject matters that are still just as new to you as it is to the audience that's seeing it. Which is bravery almost personified to a degree. Right. Well, Thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I'm not, I'm not thinking so much about brave, being brave and, and I'm not, I'm also not even sure often if what I'm doing matters, but it matters to me. And, and I'm not sure why, I'm not sure if that needs to extend anywhere. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have answers for anything beyond my own experience. And, um, and so being still alive, I guess my hope is to stay alive. Well, I mean, there's a particular quote on that note that I find really compelling. Right. Um, Again, talking more about now the desire to be a part of the world. Mm -hmm. 
And you were talking about the fact that you have been a photographer, obviously photography versus illustration versus painting, all these things are different, but still related, of course. And at the same time, you're saying in this quote, rather than taking snapshots, I draw a very quick and simplistic picture over and over again until what I see is not just a passing experience, but an account of living in a body and a world that is ever changing faster and faster. It changes. Wow. Did I say that? <laughs> did. That's a, that's a David Haynes quote, 2022. Wow. Yeah. Live and direct. And, you know, you say that you, you, that you're not sure if there's bravery involved. And I would, again, politely push back on that and say that I would argue that being human is brave and mm-hmm. being human is not a conscious act, right? You were born human. And the brave part is getting up and doing it. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of like they say about the paratroopers in World War II. It's like, what is bravery? It's being afraid and going anyways, jumping out of the plane anyways. Right. And, you know, I, I, I... Acting on your dharma, whether or not you understand it, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Now, as a kind of side side thought, just like as somebody who ponders on the concept of like transmigration of the soul, it is arguable that there was consciousness involved in becoming you. Um, I don't know if that's true or not. And maybe another side not thought on that, maybe it doesn't matter, but you are you. So what does that mean to you? What is the, what is the demand that is coming from you with, through you that your, so to speak, daimon is whispering to you or, or screaming at you, wanting you to listen or like this idea of, um, you know, angels, um, encouraging every blade of grass to grow. What is the, what is the encouragement that's coming to you? And are you listening? And I guess for me, I, I can't, I have to, uh, listening has, at least it's felt like listening has been the only option. And that was, that's been maybe a part of my story that I don't, I don't want to get into now, but has led me down darker paths in my life because I didn't want to listen and I didn't want to be me. But then the, you know, now the question I have is, is not just um, who am I, but you know, why am I me? Why is this consciousness me? And perhaps that's been a question that has led me like, that's a question that keeps making new questions and new answers and new um, desires to study, to, to explore. And we live in such a rich world that, and I'm, I have the privilege of, 
searching. And so perhaps that is a demand. It's, it's a, it's a necessity and, and to ignore it is, a, is maybe a crime. Uh, so arguably, arguably it's, it's a crime against, I don't know, spirit or God or whatever you want to call it. I would argue yourself, David. I mean, again, to be able to, to be able to switch into this new approach. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think my, my older work came, came from a very negative place. And for me, I, I, I can't, I can't do that anymore. Yep. It's just, that's just been a part of my story. And like you said, to, to make, to create in the spirit of transcendence is a pretty, is a pretty profound uh, thought. Perhaps futile, but why not try? But noble nonetheless. You only have one life. Why not try? This is true. This is true. Depending on one life as you, this is one life as you. Yes. So why not try? I don't know. That's a question. Look, I, I, I have obviously had a very fortunate front row seat to the quote unquote prototypes of this new approach. And I think that the nobility of aiming for transcendence um, is real. And I, and I also think that the, like you said, the uh, dedication that you have had to embracing all of the various ways that you create and yet having that kind of um, duty, I suppose, to your inner self to now debut this, this collection, this, this suite of work. And um, there's a real, there's a real energy in, in what you've produced. There's a real vibrance in what you've put together here. And um, I can't wait to see it in the Catskills. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait to see it too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, the work is uh, finished. So now it's just about choosing and hanging. Well, it, it must be a very kind of um, peculiar and curious feeling to sort of uh, reflect on as you sit right now, knowing that the, that the work has been completed and that you're now once again, kind of um, back in, in the flow of, of movement now to the Cascades. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean the work that my level of like feeling like there's enough work, there's enough work to choose from to show is there but the work never ends of course of course the work never ends you wake up and you do the work or you don't and that's 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 living agreed (laughs) cool john always a pleasure david um look i can't begin to thank you enough for just the um, 
the winding path that 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 you have allowed me to to sort of ride shotgun on and in terms of you putting a lot of these amazing things together. Yeah, well, it's been an honor to have an observer to, to have a, to have an audience. So well, thank you. You, you, de- you definitely have that. And, and like I said, I'm uh, very uh, thrilled and honored to be a part of the audience. Um, you know, when the, when the show debuts at, uh, up in the mountains. So, um, you know, huge, huge love and respect to you. You too, John. And, um, let's talk soon. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, man. I'll see you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ciao.